Praise God. Um, so welcome, family. And we've been talking about casting down imaginations. And last week we were in Luke chapter six because I want to talk about, and we're going to go more into the weapons of our warfare, but a lot of us are trying to stand but don't know how to stand or don't know how to battle I'm in the realm of the spirit. So what they think standing is, is standing there, letting the devil whip on you and whip on you. But I'm just going to be strong while the devil beats up on me. And I just know God's going to make a way. And um, God didn't free you, deliver you and give you all this power for you to stand there to be the devil's punching bag. That was never his intention. It was never, it was, it's not in the word anywhere. Just hold on and take as much you can take. You're supposed to come against the walls or the gates of hell, and the gates of hell are not supposed to be able to prevail against you. You, you should have Satan always doing this. You shouldn't be doing that to him. You, Satan should be always holding his hand up and trying to keep you from smacking him around. And, and what has happened is the way the gospel has been twisted, we've been taught that we're supposed to be the punching bags in the spirit realm, and, and eventually God will come in like you know Superman or Long Ranger and, and swoop us out. But Jesus said, in my name, you shall cast out devils. In my name, you should step on serpents and drink any deadly things from the house. We are the power. God gave that to us. Watch this. To live out what he started. God, come on now. God gave us the power to live out what he started in Jesus Christ on this earth. He gave us the power to finish the work. That's, <clears throat> that's why... People say, well, I call on the Lord. Every time I'm in a situation, I call on the Lord. How often does it work when you do that? Sometimes, sometimes it don't. Yeah, because God's mercy, he will step in. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. He said, in my name, you shall do this. Why do you think Jesus said at the end, it is finished. My job is done here. Now you go forward and finish the work that I started. So the things that Jesus did, we're supposed to do. We're supposed to do. We're supposed to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Not might. Well, I prayed. I, I don't know. Well, first of all, I can't give to somebody what they don't believe. So even though this is kind of off the message a little bit, I want to encourage some of you. If you've been praying for people and doing stuff for people and they ain't got healed, don't question your faith and don't sink into that kind of despair. Listen close to me. You can't give faith to people. You can only stand in agreement with people's faith. Go to people and pray for them that they receive the faith they need to receive the miracle that they want. I've gone to pray for people and God has said to me, they're going to die. Don't pray. Well, God, I'm supposed to lay hands on the sick. This person has decided that they're going to die. There's nothing you can do about it. Pray for them that they have rest, but they've made a decision. You're not praying them back. I had to deal with that with my own father. Like, no, he's he's gone. He's made a decision. There's nothing you're going to do that's going to change. And every and as God took me back, every word he had been saying for the past months, oh, I've lived my life. I've done my time. I've served, you know, tomorrow I'm gone. He's been speaking it for years. And God said, he is there now. You're not bringing him back. I don't care how much praying you do. He's leaving here. This is. The, the definition of the use of faith. Faith is the two of you should agree on anything, it shall be established. You know the scripture. Well, if you believe it for one thing and they're believing for another, how's that going to happen? 
I know I'm all off the subject, but I'm on the subject. Also, let me be helpful to you. Stop getting in prayer circles with people if you don't know that they absolutely agreeing with you on what you're praying for. Stop doing that. It's detrimental to you. I'm going to get my prayer warriors together. And you start saying, what, what you going through? And you say, tell them what you're going through. And then all through the prayer, they start praying for their stuff and everybody else's stuff. And I'm going to bring in my kids. And oh, wait, wait, wait. I thought it was supposed to be a prayer of agreement. So aren't we getting together to agree on something specific? Who, who's bore witness with this in their life? And all of a sudden, the prayers wind up going everywhere else. And like, so then there's no agreement. And that's why nobody's prayer in the circle got answered. You follow what I'm saying? Specifically, I'm getting together. If I say to you, we're getting together to paint my house. Come on, saints. And we all, and I told you what color I wanted. I want this blue right here. This is what I'm looking for. And you, somebody show with a pink can and an orange can. Wait, wh what are we doing here? When is there agreement? Well, guess what's going to happen? Your house going to look like Rainbow City. It's going to look like a mess because nobody the same thing in the spirit realm. Get people around you that day and saying, today I'm going to put all my stuff aside. I'm here to pray specifically with you in agreement with you. Test their heart. Know who they are. That don't mean they're bad people. That means that we can be selfish people. We all can be. Change your circle. Today, we're, we're here to pray about this. When I come to you to pray about your situation, my focus is going to be on you. You guys know when I pray for you, I don't bring my situation into the prayer. This is your situation. And I'm going to stand there and I'm going to stand in the gap for you. And I'm going to pray for you. And that's one of the things that a spiritual stronghold will live and thrive in because you got a bunch of people together, want to put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. It don't, it don't mean two people that's talking two different things. It means two people on one accord. That wasn't supposed to be part of the message today, but I guess that's what God wanted. Who needed that? Amen. Choose your choose your prayer warriors and your surroundings very carefully. Don't think just because they're Christian, they can pray for you because that's not the case. It's not true. They can pray for you when God has given them the, the heart for you to pray for you. Very important. Um, and in your situation at the time. So let's get back to the word here. And I mean, the message. So we're talking about how to defeat and stand in battle against the enemy. It is not just praying and a hoping and a wishing and sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. How many of you would like get, get to the place where, no, when God directs me to pray and I pray, every time I pray, there's results. How many of you say, yeah, I'll take that. Just one person? Okay, two? Okay. I don't know. I, I put up both of my hands. I'm taking that, hands down. I, I want to know that whenever I go before the throne with God, that he hears me and I hear him, more important. And then everything I pray is going to manifest itself. I'm doing way better than I used to. So let's 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 do the prayer again. I'm never going to start without this prayer. And then we're going to go back onto Luke 6 and we're going to finalize that chapter. And I want to encourage you that there's way more power. Are you listening to me? And what you already know. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? We keep believing 
and keep being deceived by the enemy that the reason we don't have victory, are you listening to me? Is because we ain't fasted enough or we ain't prayed enough or we need to read the Bible a little bit more, or we need to know a little more scripture, or maybe we need to be a little nicer to the neighbor next door. And the enemy is always trying to remind you in a lot of churches and leadership of what you don't have. But the Bible says he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. You have everything you need for where God has you right now. You may not know how to use it, but you have it. You have all things necessary to succeed in what God has called you to right now. You know enough scripture right now. You got enough spirit, the Holy Spirit in you right now. You got all the power right now. Everything you need to do what God is calling you to do today, you have it. If not, he would be unfair. He said, the harvest is plenty. But the laborers are few. It don't mean it's few, too few Christians. It's more than enough. But they're not skilled laborers. They're going out there and they're reaping where they should be sowing and sowing when they should be reaping and reaping up, ripping up when they should be putting down and pulling up stuff before it's ready to be plucked and all this kind of stuff. And so they, it ain't that God hasn't provided. I'm waiting on the Lord. You got to be kidding me. Since when you, since when you arrived before him? Help me understand that. How you waiting on God? How you get there first? Who told you this lie? But church junk, church stuff, church. I'm never waiting on God. God's always waiting on me. He's been there before time. When I, when I was in, before I was in my mother's womb, he already had my plan. We're getting there next week. I don't want to jump ahead of myself. I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. The plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and expected end or a future. I know the plans I have. I know them. You don't need to come to me in five hours of prayer and they say, we interceded all night. For what? For what? To hear God or to tell God what you need? Most of the time is you tell God what you need. Like you updating God, like you nightly news, like God need to hear from you. He don't need to hear from you. You need to hear from him. Can somebody say Amen. I need to hear God. He don't need to hear me. He already know my message. Like I'm looking at you. I see the stupid stuff you're doing. I got it. I need you to hear me. I'm before go to prayer today. No, God said, no, I'm not. Okay, we're going to do the prayer. All right, all right, all right. I will say this prayer. You'll repeat after me. For those you don't know, it's the book Prayers That Avail Much. And it's the prayer Casting Down Imaginations. And we're going to walk through this. We're going to say the prayer together. And then we're going to get back into Luke chapter six. This is powerful stuff. So here we go. I'll pause in between because the last time I kept reading. Just follow along with me. If I keep going, just say it anyway. Just get it out. Father, though I live in the world, I do not wage war as the world does. The weapons I fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. I demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of you. And I take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. In the name of Jesus, I ask you, Father, to bless those who despitefully use me Whenever I feel afraid, I will trust in you. 
When I feel miserable, I will express thanksgiving. And when I feel life is unfair, I will remember that you are more than enough. When I feel ashamed, help me to remember help me to remember that no longer do I have to be afraid. I will not suffer shame. I am not I am not defeated. I am delivered from fear of disgrace. I will not be humiliated. I will relinquish the shame of my youth. It is well with my soul for you have redeemed me. You have called me by name. I am in your will for my life at this time. Say that one more time. You say that with me again. I am in your will for my life at this time. Come on, one more time. I am in your will for my life at this time. I am being transformed through the renewing of my mind. I am able to test and approve for myself what is your will. Your good and acceptable and perfect will for me. You have good things reserved for my future. All my needs are met according to your riches in glory. I will replace worry for my family with asking you to protect and care for them. You are love. And perfect love cast out all fear. In Jesus name. Amen. Take a moment and give, give a little quiet praise there, right there. Your little muted praise. Just give him, take a moment. Just give him some praise. Thank him. Thank him for that. Thank a moment. Take a moment. Just thank him for that. Thank him for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You redeem my mind. You redeem my thoughts. You bring me back from the pit. You bring me to the through the throne of grace. And I have peace. And I'm comforted within myself, knowing that you are more than enough. And even where I fall short, you don't. Your scripture says, even when I'm faithless, you remain faithful for you cannot deny yourself. We rest in that. We thank you for it. Every need is met. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, in our soul, in our mind, in our bodies, we trust you. And we thank you that we'll get better and better every day as we stand. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. So, Luke chapter six, and I went through this last week. I'm gonna try not to go through all of it again because it's a lot, but I wanna just run through it from the King James. Then we're gonna go to the Amplified and we're gonna finish breaking down. I think we left off at verse 24 last week, but I'm gonna read it. People call it the Beatitudes. I wanna read it and then I'm gonna read it from with the Hebrew and Greek translation, what is the Greek translation in place so that we get the full definitions and understandings of what we're reading here. So in Luke chapter six, starting at verse 20, Jesus looked up his eyes, lifted his eyes to the side and said, blessed are you poor for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you that hunger now for you will be filled. Blessed are you that weep for now for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and you shall, and they shall reproach you and, and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. 
rejoicing that day, leap for joy, and behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers do to the prophets. But woe unto you rich, woe unto you that are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for you shall hunger. Woe unto you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. And woe unto you when men speak well of you, for so they did your fathers of, of these false prophets. But I say to you, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that is smitten thee on one cheek, offer the other also. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid him not your coat also. Give to every man as he asks thee, and of him take nothing away from thy goods again. And as you would men do to you, you do so also to them, also to them likewise. Now, I used to read this and I used to go, mm -mm, mm -mm, I'm not, no, I'm not, I don't like this. This is saying like, I got to be poor and I got to be hurt and I got to be abused. And I got to let people take advantage of me. And, 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 I, and I just usually when it would get to this verse, this chapter, I would go skip, you know, to the next one. And one day God said to me, I taught you how to study it in the Hebrew and the Greek. I need you to go and break it down. Well, one of the easiest ways to do it for people who haven't learned, like doing the concordances and all that stuff, is to take it to the Amplified. And I take it to the Amplified, for those of you who are new here and don't know, I take it to the Amplified for this reason. And um, it's very important that you learn this and know this. When you talk about the NIV and a lot of the other translations, they call them, they're not translations, they're transliterations. And what a transliteration is, is they took the King James Bible and then they tried to translate it to English so that it sits better or it makes more sense. But in actuality, they're just translating or translating a translation. The Amplified, the people who did it, the Amplified version, they actually went back to the original text and they took the original manuscripts and then they just translated it from them. So it's not a translation of a translation. So it's a lot more wordy, kind of be, can be very difficult to read, if you, especially if you don't have the patience to do what, read every little sentence and comma and paragraph and everything that's in colons and in, in, in brackets. And uh. But if you want to read and understand the original language, it makes a lot of sense. So taking that same Beatitudes, I'm going to rush through some of these so we can get back to where we left off. You would read that and think that God likes it better when you're poor or when you lack or when you don't have. But he's not talking about from the position of financial. He's talking from the position of the person's soul and the person's mindset before God and what comes first. So reading it again now, straight from the long-winded Amplified, it says, and look to his disciples, he begins speaking. Blessed and spiritually prosperous and happy and to be admired are you who are poor in spirit, those devoid of spiritual arrogance and those who regard themselves as insignificant. For the kingdom of God is yours both now and forever. Blessed and joyful nourished by God and God's goodness are those who hunger now 
for righteousness, actually seeking right standing with God, for you will be completely satisfied and blessed. So he's not talking about earthly stuff. Jesus very really got into the, the finances of people. He always dealt with the spiritual or, or their physical life. He dealt with your spiritual position and how you saw God and saw things. So I'm not going to elaborate until we get to our verse we left off. So we did hunger now and you completely pass out refresh. Okay. Okay. So I left that in. Let me just start at 21 again. Bless. Joyfully, joyful, nourished by God's goodness, are you who hunger now for righteousness and, active, and actively seeking right standing with God? For you will be completely satisfied and blessed, forgiven, refreshed by God's grace. Are, are you who, and blessed are you who weep now over your sins and repent, for you will laugh when the burden of sin is lifted. Blessed, morally courageous, and spiritually alive and alive with God's goodness are you when people hate you and exclude you from their fellowship and insult you and scorn your name as evil because of your association with the Son of Man. Rejoice on that day and leap for joy for your reward in heaven is great, absolutely inexhaustible, for their fathers used to treat the prophets the same way. But woe is coming to you who are rich and place your faith and your possessions while remaining spiritually impoverished. Okay, I'm gonna read that again. But woe unto you who are rich, who place your faith in possessions while remaining spiritually impoverished. Huh, are you seeing that? You are already receiving your comfort in full and there is nothing left to be awarded to you. So this is where I left off, and this is where I'm going to pick back up. Trust, woe to you who trust in riches as a source of peace. Listen to me, saints. Look right at me. I'm going to say this to you. I know when we read that kind of stuff, a lot of times we say that's not us. My question is, is it? You may not worship money. You may not, in your mind, place money as a God. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? But if every time you have a problem or situation, you always look to what you can do to make more money or what you can do to turn that situation around by the works of your hands, you will move God to a place that you can't be blessed or you're not blessed unless he does something for you. And this might not be a comfortable thing to hear, but I'm going to say it. More Christians have made money God even unintentionally than they think they have. Because you've already concluded that God don't love you or is not answering your prayer or not blessing you unless he gives you something. I don't know how many people in here are parents. But if the family members or friends around you only showed you love or came to you to talk to you or showed you appreciation when you were giving them stuff, it's a very bad feeling, isn't it? I should not, you should not, we should not assume that God loves us based on what he does for us. It should be based on the fact that he said it, that he already gave enough when he gave his only begotten son. 
or somebody going to bear witness with me today. And <clears throat> anything else he gives is just, that's just fringe stuff. I don't ever want to be in a situation where I am looking to God always to keep giving me something. Always to keep giving, putting something in my hand or in my bank account or making my boss treat me right or make things go my way or whatever the case may be. Are you listening to me? My love for God has to grow into, and, and I still say it because I'm still seeking it. It has to grow into, well, I hear people say, well, I love God, I love the Lord if I have absolutely nothing, if I have nothing. And, and, and I used to say, okay, some of them are twisting that to say, when I have nothing, I'm better than you because I still love God. No, the truth is you should love God with absolutely nothing. You should love God and praise God with nothing in your hand, nothing in your pocket. You should praise him. You should worship him. You should love him. But here's what I'm telling you. If you do that sincerely, you ain't ever going to be in a place where you ain't have nothing in your pocket or nothing in your hand. Because he, he said, I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. God's not going to let you be in that place if you really sincerely love him. But he knows your heart. And he knows that your thirst and your hunger for righteousness or right standing with him should not be about what you gain. When you tithe, when you pay a tithe, if you do, when you give a gift, do you always do it so that God now owes you? Or do you do it because you love him and you want to be an opportunity to be a blessing to him? Are you listening to me right now? I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you. I have to check myself regularly. This is not a one-time check. This is an ongoing check. God, what's my motivation? God, why do I do the things I do? Yeah, I do a lot of good and right and Christian things now, but some of it I've been doing it so long, I know what's right and I know what's wrong. So I just know how to, be, to behave habitually. But what's my motivation? And I have to stop and check my motivation. I got to check my heart. I got to check where I'm coming from and why I'm doing it. So come on, saints. Can I get an amen or something? Can I a uh, thumbs up emoji or hand clap or give me something? Because I need you to understand. I need to make sure you're walking with me with this. This is real stuff. I have to check myself. I'm not struggling anymore. I haven't been poor for a very long time. And so I have to always check myself and say, God, but what is my motivation? Why do I still do it? I pay, I pay my tithe, but why? Am I paying extortion money off to it so that God don't send the gang over to beat me up? You follow what I'm saying? We have to check our hearts. And, and well, I don't want to pay my tithe because I don't want to be cursed. Okay, that's great. But what about getting to the place that I'm going to do that because God is pleased and I love him so much that I want to be a blessing to him. Do you ever wake up in the morning and say, God, how can I be a blessing to you today? It's a real conversation. You know, you know, I ain't trying to put nobody on the spot. I'm just talking for me. You do what you want with it. Um, I was coming out the, uh, the, uh, the store last night on a supermarket. I saw a lady standing outside begging. Now, she was saying, anybody have any change? You have any change to spare? Well, of course, people don't walk around with change now. You know, that's, that's, but I was going to my car to get my bags out. And, and I, um, you know, you get your shopping bags. You know, I try to be, bring my own shopping bag stuff to the store. We don't want to litter with, with, with plastic or whatever. Anyway, nonetheless, I'm coming out the store and she asked for money. And I, I, I said, I don't have any change on me. But at the moment I'm saying to myself, but you're going to the car. You know, you got change in the car, right? Yeah, I know I got change in the car. 
Okay, so then my next question was, well, God, do you want me to help her? See, that becomes important in these moments. I'm searching my heart. What's my motivation? God, do you want me to help her? And he said, yes, I do. I said, okay, if you're telling me to help her, then you don't want me just to help her with money. Mm -hmm. You've been working with me long enough. So I'm going to use this money as an opportunity to pray. Yeah, okay. So I reached in, reached in my wallet at that point. I had $2 and God said, you got you got a five in there, dude. Like just, you don't need it. And I said, you, you know, and I have to check myself. Can't You can't be God given and let my heart be right. So took it, took out the money. And I went back to her. And I, as I was walking back to her, I was praying because I want to say the right thing. I said to her, why are you here? She said, what do you mean? How are you in this position? Why are you here? So she starts to explain to me very strong African accent. I picked it up right away. You know, that she used to work in this uh, fulfillment center over here and then she had to go back home. And then when she came back, they didn't give her back her job. And so now she's there and she, you know, she's trying to you know, figure out what she's going to do. And okay. And I'm holding the money, but I'm saying, God, you got to release it at the right time. You know, seed got to be sown at the right time. These are things I'll teach you more about as we go on, but I've learned about that. I don't just give and I don't just pray. You got to prepare the ground before you put the seed in it, or it'll just sit on top and the birds of the air will come and take it away. So sometimes you got to till the soil before you can plant into it. Are you listening to me today? You got to, you got to, every seed God gives you doesn't mean you're supposed to plant it right away. Sometimes you got to hold it and wait. And sometimes it may be days, it may be minutes, it may be hours, it may be years. God may show you something about somebody. Well, I'm going to go tell them what God told me. And you tell them and they get offended and it becomes a big thing. They stop speaking to you. Why? Because you planted the seed out of season. Sometimes you got to keep that seed close to your chest. You got to wait to the time. And well, I just want to say it right now. That's because it's your flesh. You want to look good. Just be quiet. Keep your mouth shut. Seed planted in the winter ain't going to grow. Hold it. So I ask a couple more questions. And then I asked her, where are you from? You sound African. She said, yeah, um, I'm from Kenya. I said, I've been to Nairobi. She said, I'm from Nairobi. So, okay, that's why I recognize the accent. Okay. And then God said, now give her the money. So I handed it to her. Me, it's not a big deal. I'm like, she ain't going to say nothing about this. She was totally excited about this money. It's under 10 bucks, but she was excited. She said, wow, thank you. Now I could get something to eat and I got coffee to get back home. So I don't have to stand out here any longer. And I was like, okay, before you go, can I pray for you? And I quoted the scripture. She's young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken and see begging bread. God don't want you here. She said, okay. And you can tell she wanted to receive it, but I'm sure she had been taught to suffer in doctrine for so long that she was kind of, okay. I said, but do you believe that? I just quoted the word to you. I said, I'm not going to, you know, she didn't know. I, I, I know, I know God wants to take care of me. So can I ask you why he isn't? Well, every day I wake up, no, 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 no. Are you happy where you are? No. Do you feel that this is the way you would treat your children? No. If your child asks you for 
the scripture said a fish, would you give him a serpent? Jesus said, if he asked you for an egg, would you give him a rock? If you being evil know how to do good things for your children, how much more will your heavenly father do for you? Yeah, that's true. Okay. Do you believe God wants better for you? I do. Do you believe he wants better for you right now or maybe somewhere in the future? Uh, I said, I want to pray. And I just prayed as God led me to pray. And she said, God bless you. Thank you. And she, she was off on her way. But I walked away knowing that I planted a seed. I know the seed was planted. God wants more for you than you want for yourself. And I want to bring that home to you today. So when he says the rich, he ain't cursing the rich. He's cursing the people who get satisfied in their financial situation and think that that's God. It's not God. Because that $5 to her didn't mean nothing to me, but it meant a lot to her. So it spoke to her where she was. It spoke to her in her element. It spoke to, because she was now able to receive the word. See, Jesus would give the, the word to people. Then he would say, now take the fish and the loaves and spread it out. Why? Because he said, you don't just give them what their spirit needs. You also give them what their body needs. Are you listening to me? It's a powerful thing. There's, 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 if you tell somebody to be warm and filled and then you don't give them that which is necessary, what good is it? This is all the word. I'm just giving you the word. I'm not telling you to get out on the street and try to empty your pockets to everybody, but specifically God will tell you who to go to, what to give and how much to give and, 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 and then what to say. I don't, can I lay hands on you and put on some big scene? Anybody passing by wouldn't have known what was going on. They would have just thought it was a conversation. I want to put on a spot and get all super spiritual and, you know, start, you know, God. Huh? And he said, huh? you know, stupidness. Listen, anyway, I digress. I'm saying you are so much more powerful than you think you have are. And you have so much more powerful than you think you do. But you're trying to be deep and spiritual instead of letting God use you in the simplicity and the simpleness of things. God can do so much more with you with an everyday conversation. What Nellie talked about today, me calling her and challenging her about where she stands and what, you know, do you really believe it? And, and just that whole thing, when she clicked for her, she was like, oh, oh, I got it. So I'm not against you, but are you really for you? Do you really believe in the God you say you believe in? Because listen to me close. Lindsay was with me at a meeting not too long ago, and I'm going to throw this out. We was with some, some, some brothers that are powerful businessmen. And they said, we're believing to make a million dollars this year. And I was like, okay. And I was like, I'm sorry, bro, but I can't get I can't get excited about a million dollars. I just can't. He said, what? And I told him what I was believing for, and their faces almost fell on the ground. And I said to them, are you listening? Tell me you're listening. Nod your head, do something. I said, let me ask you a question. This is something God said to me when I was homeless. You may not believe this, but in 1996, I was homeless. I said, let me ask you a question. God said this to me. I got a couple of new people here who never heard me say this, so I want to encourage y'all. To God, not to you, not to me, to God, what's the difference between $5 and $5 million? To God. Answer, even though I might not hear you, answer the question. $5. 
to God. What's the difference between $5 and $5 million? I see a couple of you shaking your head. Absolutely nothing. So then the problem is the asker, not the receiver. Because if you ask God for $5 and you say $5 million, God don't see no difference. You do. You've set the limit. Jesus and God, and I said, did she say five million? Where, where are we going to get five? We can't do that. That's too much, Jesus. <laughs> That's you. And when God gave me that, I was homeless. And I was like, God, okay, five million, I hear you, but can we just get some rent money and a place to live right now? I'm, I'm I, I, I'm willing to go down that road with you eventually, but right now, I just want a place to live. And God was like, I need you to get before me to your faith is in the place that that number don't scare you. That's it. I need you to stand with me until that number makes perfect sense to you. I said to the guys, for those of you who are new here, those of you who've been around me, I said, I'm believing for 50 million this year. That's what I'm believing for. They were like, 50 million? I said, God rebuked me for that. I said 50 million and God said, add a zero to that. I was like, whoa, whoa. Did you just tell me to add a zero to that? I'm like, God, he said, right, get your faith up. Get your game up. Step your game up. What I want to do with you, you can't do praying for monthly rent money. So he's not against you that are rich. He's against you who trust in your riches as your God. He don't want you looking at that wealth as your provider. And the problem with people when they get wealthy, they begin to trust in the money. So I had to take a lot of time in prayer and still do not to trust in the wealth that God has given me thus far. But I can do so much more for so many more people if God has me where he wants me. Not if I had more money. I didn't say that. I said, if I allow him to put me where he wants me, and if where he wants me is financially, which I already know to be the truth, I can do so much more. But I'm doing it because of my obedience, not because of what's in my pocket. Are you hearing me? I'm doing it because I'm hungry and thirst after righteousness. I'm at that age in my life right now that it ain't about money. Most of, a lot of my friends have passed on. For those of you who don't know, I'm 64. I can't care about nickels and dimes right now. I have to care about before I leave this planet, did I do what you called me to do? I think that's the, once you get over 60, your mind starts to think like that. Forget the stuff. I don't care about no Yeezys and none of that stupidness. I, God, before I leave here, did I finished what you called me to do? Well, the key is God has no problem depositing the gifts into your hand. God's not scared of money, as we just talked about. Whether you got $5 or $5 million, don't make $50 million, $100 million. Don't make a difference. Is Are you still seeking him or are you seeking the wealth? Are you putting your faith in what he's given you? Are you beginning to worship the created thing over the creator? The balance is this. God is not afraid of your success. And that's what I want you to take away from this message today. He's not afraid of you winning. He called you to win. 
He said that he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Scripture clearly says that. Jesus didn't walk around to all these people that were sick and poor and whatever and say, well, you know, just work it out. You know what I'm saying? This is life. You know, you just figure it out. You know, just praise God anyway. He healed the sick, the leper. He fed the people. He did what he, he did. Your faith has made you whole. Be, you know, be well. Go ahead. He has no problem with that. He takes pleasure in your prosperity. But your prosperity is his gift to you, not his, what, what's what I'm looking for, Father? Not his obligation or responsibility to you. It's not his responsibility to get you there. Your responsibility is to get there before him. And that's why the scripture says, don't ask what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink and how you're going to be clothed, but seek ye first this, the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added. He already told you they will be added. They're going to be added anyway. Proverbs chapter eight, it says, with all you're getting, get wisdom. With that, get understanding. If you get wisdom and knowledge and understanding and have a righteous walk with God, he said, and wealth and honor will be in her left hand and, 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 and fullness of life or a wholeness of life will be in the right hand. So he's saying health and wealth will automatically come to you if you seek me. Don't seek that stuff. There's no filming that. It's temporary. And you, have, you got a new car, anything new, and you was excited with it for a while until you got them first few tickets. Then you're like, oh, man, this thing, I got to get up and move it every day. And, ah, you know, right. So all of a sudden, oh, you got to change the oil. Or, oh, you didn't, you didn't calculate insurance and all that. I see. I did that when I was young. I can pray to God for a car. And I finally got a car. And I had to have the monthly payment. Oh, I didn't calculate insurance. So I got to pay insurance. Oh, and then I got to register. And now I'm getting tickets. Now I got to get up every morning and run out and move it. I, was, I started to hate that car. It ain't the stuff. It's the kingdom walk between you and God. And I want to make sure I say this real clear before I wrap up this day. It's the kingdom walk between you and God. People say, no, it ain't for you. The welfare ain't for you. It's for the kingdom. And what they think they mean is, you know, I'm going to go on a mission field. I'm going to do this. Those are works. You can't buy God with works. You're never going to buy God with works. And you're never going to be happy or satisfied ever. God don't need you to do stuff. He can rise somebody else up. Jesus said it this way. If you don't worship me, the rocks will cry out. I can get rocks to do it, bro. I don't need you. It's about a personal relationship between you and him. It's about an intimacy in your walk with you and God. That's what this is about. And if you are about that, I'm coming to my last few seconds, so hear me out. If you are about that, he said, then seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. Stop looking for how to get stuff or to get God to show his love to you through stuff. He's not going to show his love to you through stuff. He's going to show his love with you through intimacy and through relationship. And then the stuff is just automatic because you live in his house. Did you catch that? Hmm? Did you catch that? Did you catch that? The stuff's automatically because you live in his house. If, if you move into my house, I ain't got God kind of wealth. But what I do have in my house, you have access to that if you're close to me. Well, God lacks nothing in his house. And I'm never going to look in God's cabinet and not find some food. You feel what I'm saying? I'm never going to come to God for healing. And he said, oh, I ain't got none of that. We ran out of that. I'm going to see. I'll see what I can do for you. I'm going to reach out to a couple of people, but I'll let you know. He has everything that pertains to life and godliness. And he says, you do. So all I need to do is stay in his house. Come on now. 
All I need to do is stay under the shadow of his wings. He says, I'm protective. When, when the world's a storm, I run unto him and I run unto him and into his shelter. That's what the promise is. The thing is we run outside and we say to God, we're inside when we're really outside looking for help to come through the world. Don't come through the world. It comes through his love. It comes through his covering. It comes through his hand. So seek the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Well, the kingdom is right standing or righteousness. Well, what is righteousness? Right standing. What is right standing? Well, I have right standing to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. That gives me all the right standing I need. That's it. Now, now if I did more of this and I do more of that, that's works. I have that through him. And I'll end it with this. I don't serve God to be blessed. I serve God because I am blessed. I don't serve God to be righteous. I serve God because I am righteous. I don't serve God to be holy. I serve God I serve God because I am holy. And these things come out of me naturally because I spend time in his presence, in his face, and I want to know him more than anything in life. And because I desire to know him more than anything in life, he makes sure I know him. I know him by continuing to give me that which is necessary for me to know him. And that's that spiritual righteousness and sustenance. So if I got to pour water out of wine or turn rock into bread or whatever the case that may be, are you listening to me? It's mine to have. Because he's going to say, well, you're my son. You're here in my house. Everything I have is yours. Remember the prodigal son? The father said to him, you're here with me. Everything I have is yours. It's yours. What are you talking about? You could wore the ring anytime. You know, I'm giving the brother the ring. The ring been sitting here the longest the brother been gone. Why didn't you put the ring on? You could have had a party every day if you wanted one. You don't have to earn God's love. He freely gave it to you. You don't have to earn God's goodness. He died for you to be restored and have it. All you got to do is say, yes, I receive it. Thank you. Now, how can I be a blessing to you, Father? And he might say, just be still for another 10 minutes a day. Just be still. Just sit. Stop talking so much and stop crying and whining. Just be still. Just sit here in front of me and don't talk. Hmm. That's a shocker for some people. You think every time you get before God, oh, Father, oh, I come to chat. Can you just shut up for 10 seconds? I don't need to hear you. You need to hear me. Can you just sit there and be quiet? <laughs> Nellie's laughing. That's one of the first thing I remember the first time we prayed together. Nellie was gone. Lord, I said, and praying in the spirit. I was like, oh, my God. And Lindsay, too. We went to that same thing. I'm like, I can't. I can't even hear myself think in the spirit. I know God can't hear because I can't hear. Like, could you just be quiet for five seconds? Just be quiet. Then pray what he leads you to pray. We don't need to hear your updates. He ain't tuning into the five o'clock report. You don't want to hear. Just be still. Is this helping somebody? Just get there and just be quiet. God, here I am. Hallelujah and a thank you here and there. I promise you, you'll be back on here next week saying to me, Pastor, I got a praise report. Can I share? I got to tell you this because I'm telling you it'll work. Get performing. Just be quiet. I just want to thank you. I just want to sit here. Let's just do it right now. I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to sit here in your presence. <sighs> You've been really good to me and I know you have and I want you to forgive me for the times I got so caught up in the stuff that you gave me that I forgot about you. I forgot to give her and focused on the gift. And I just want to sit here 
and just say thank you and just put me in remembrance and Lord, show me how to love you. Show me, show me what you need from me today. What can I do? What can I say to brighten your day? Is there somebody you would like me to help or call and encourage right now? I'm available to do that. Is there is there any opportunity? I'm just I just here for you, Father. Just whatever you need from me. You know, but I do want to tell you I love you. I love you, and I want to tell you I love you, and I want to say I love you again, and I want to say I appreciate you. I want to say thank you for your sacrifice. I, I just want to tell you that I'm here, and I love you, Lord. I just love you. just want to worship you. Just thank you, Lord. And I don't got to be loud and turn up the gospel music so you can't even hear me because the music is so loud and fall all out on the floor. I just want to sit here and just say, I love you, Lord. Just love you. Just want to be in your presence. Just want to be in your presence. Your presence is everything to me. And I thank you for allowing me, my goodness, to even be here with my background. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Oh my, my, my. Amen. Hopefully you'll do it longer than I just did. I didn't want to have a whole bunch of silence while on the message, but I hopefully that you'll take some time and do that. How many of you feel a bit more refreshed right about now? It's powerful, man. It's powerful. Practice it. You won't regret it. Love you guys. Be encouraged. God loves you. He cares for you so much. He just wants your fellowship, all that other stuff. Just want your fellowship. Amen. Amen.